This is Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I have been married for 16 years and we live in Idaho with our five children. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one year old. I love studying the scriptures and preparing for this podcast every week really helps me to have more inspiration and revelation for my own life and also for my family. Join me each week as I share some of the thoughts that I have as I study the scriptures using the Come Follow Me course by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we are studying 3 Nephi chapters 8 through 11 and talking about when all these great and terrible things happen at the death of Jesus Christ as the Nephites experience that on the other side of the world and they there's all this destruction and then there's darkness for three days and they hear a voice and that's kind of where I wanted to start today is with this voice that they hear as it's dark and those survivors are just in this utter darkness and there's no escape there's no way to create light and it's just so dark and in chapter 9 of 3rd Nephi verse 22 it says therefore whoso repenteth and cometh unto me as a little child him will I receive for of such is the kingdom of God behold for such I have laid down my life and have taken it up again therefore repent and come unto me ye ends of the earth and be saved and it, for some reason, this made me think about my little, my littlest baby, Elise. Because at this point, the Nephites have, these are the more righteous of the Nephites, but in general, the Nephites have been wicked and, and the Lamanites. And so most of them have been destroyed. And this is the most righteous ones that have been preserved. And that's who he's talking to. And I was thinking about Elise this week because she's at that stage where <laughs> she gets into everything. It's it's that she's 17 months old. And so she's very busy and she wants to learn and do new things. But in doing so, she's pretty much always into something unless she's asleep. And she tries to be good and she tries to be helpful, (laughs) but often she just is doing naughty things, things that she's not supposed to do because of course they're the most fun things. And she gets into a lot of things and she makes a lot of really big messes. Just the other day, she snuck into the pantry, took out my whole sugar canister and was dumping it on the floor and dipping her binky in it (laughs) when we found her. So just lots of really big messes but I and and I find that I spend much of my time cleaning up in her wake and I remember that with all of my children at this age it seems like I clean up a mess and by the time I finish I find that they have made a new mess while I've cleaned up the last one so it's just a busy time for mom and also for the baby but despite the fact that there are so many messes to clean up after her I still love her so completely and I know that she's just trying to learn and she's growing and and somehow that's endearing and I love her despite all the messes and the work that she creates and I think 
that it must be the same with us and our Heavenly Father. We spend our time trying to be good, but in reality, I bet we're often making a mess of things. And Heavenly Father has to help us clean it all up. And even despite that, He loves us completely. So completely that He receives us. Just like the scripture says here, the, the Savior says, um, let me see if I can find it. Whoso repenteth and cometh unto me as a little child, him will I receive. And so as long as we are willing to help clean up our messes, and we're not asked to do that alone because we have the atonement of Jesus Christ for that. And as long as we're willing to use that and clean up our messes, Heavenly Father will receive us. And that is very comforting because often I feel like I'm just a 17-month-old making a mess of my life a lot, despite my best efforts. There's another verse that really goes along with this that I like. It's in chapter 9, again, it's verse 14. Yea, verily I say unto you, If ye will come unto me, ye shall have eternal life. Behold, mine arm of mercy is extended towards you, and whosoever will come, him will I receive. There's that word again. And blessed are those who come unto me. So, finally the darkness lifts, and they're able to start kind of recovering from this terrible destruction. And there's one day when they are, um, I'm sorry, when they are gathered around the temple in Bountiful and discussing things and they hear a voice. And the first two times the voice comes, they don't understand what the voice is saying. They, they can't understand it. Makes me kind of think, sometimes you hear um, intercoms either at stores or other places that you are, or you know, like big games and things like that, and you hear a voice over the speaker and you think, I have no idea what they just said. <laughs> and that's kind of what makes me think of, but anyway, they hear this voice and they don't understand it the first two times. And then in chapter 11, verse five, it says, and again, the third time they did hear the voice and did open their ears to hear it and their eyes were towards the sound thereof. And they did look steadfastly towards heaven from whence the sound came. And verse six says, and behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard. And I got a lot out of that verse about hearing the Lord and actually hearing what he's saying and taking it into our lives. First of all, in this case, the Nephites, they actually tried to listen this time. They, they were striving to listen to that voice. Uh, secondly, they looked toward the sound. So they were really listening and doing their best to understand. They were facing the direction that they needed to be in order to hear it. And also they were focused heavenward. So their focus was on the voice, which was heavenward, so they were thinking and focusing on Heavenly Father and the Savior. And as they did those things, they were able to understand. So the first two times they heard the sound, but they didn't apply themselves to that understanding. And the third time they really applied everything they could so that they would understand what was going on. And it made me think about General Conference coming up. So if I want to do more than just hear a bunch of nice talks and have a nice weekend, then I need to make sure I'm actually listening. I need to 
do everything I can to understand and listen. I need to apply myself. I need to actually watch it is one thing I was thinking about. You know, they, they looked toward the sound and if I want to hear conference, I need to look towards the sound. In the past, we've had times where I think, oh, that's fine, I'm going to do all these projects and we'll listen to conference. And sometimes that's fun and that's great and you get a lot done. But when I find I get the most out of conference is when we don't do projects during it and we sit and we actually let conference be the project, I guess, if you will. Because that's when my eyes are towards the speakers and my focus is on them and on the scriptures. And also, I think there is a good deal of preparation beforehand which helps this as well. Thinking about conference coming up, praying about what I want to learn and questions that I want answered, and making sure that our home is in order so that I can be able to just sit and watch conference. And when I do these things, I find I have the best conference. I'm able to understand better the things that are said and really particularly what Heavenly Father wants me to understand from those words. And so as conference is coming up here soon, I thought this was a really appropriate time to apply those principles that we learn in chapter 11, verse 5. Another thing I think that's important to note about this situation here with the Nephites and hearing the voice is actually in chapter 11, verse 1. It says, There was a great multitude gathered together of the people of Nephi round about the temple which was in the land bountiful. So they were in the right place. They were found in a holy place. And if I want to hear and understand... I have to make sure that I'm in holy places or places where the Spirit can dwell. That can even be here in my home. But I need to make sure that I'm sort of putting myself in places where I can hear the Spirit. And we can strengthen one another by sharing our testimonies, which is also what the people who gathered at the temple were doing. They were discussing Jesus Christ when the voice came. And so as we surround ourselves with uplifting people who we can share our testimonies with and we do that in places where the Spirit can be, then we can invite the Spirit into our lives and we can hear the Spirit and the things Heavenly Father wants us to say through Him. I wanted to end with another verse in 3rd Nephi chapter 11, verse 39 and 40. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that this is my doctrine, and whoso buildeth upon this, buildeth upon my rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And whoso shall declare more or less than this, and establish it for my doctrine, the same cometh of evil, and is not built upon my rock, but he buildeth upon a sandy, a sandy foundation, and the gates of hell shall stand open to receive such when the floods come, and the winds beat upon them. And of course, that those two verses inspire the song, The Wise Man and the Foolish Man, which is such a fun song, and kids love it. I love it, but I was really thinking about where we live right now here in Rigby, and it's rocky here. There's a lot of river rock. So anytime you want to dig, to plant a tree, to put in a sprinkler system, it doesn't really matter what you want to do. There's rocks everywhere. So digging is difficult, but it's also nice and firm for anything you want to put on it 
it's pretty stable, pretty secure. And I was comparing that to where my parents live in Wyoming and they have, their particular spot is very, very sandy. And it's just where they, their house is and it's lots of fun to play in. But I know that they struggle with um, keeping things watered. I remember when they put in grass years ago and my mom was mentioning how they have to water so often because that water just drains right through that sand and the grass can't absorb it quick enough and how difficult that was. And I was thinking about that watering and the, and the way that the sand drains the water because obviously we know that the rock is more stable for building, but I was thinking about Jesus Christ and how sometimes he's called the living water. And if we consider that we don't want to live, uh, that we don't want to have, sorry, a sandy foundation, part of that you can apply there as well where the, the water just drains right through the sand and we don't want that happening with our Savior Jesus Christ in our lives. We don't want the word of, of the gospel that we get to just drain through the sand and disappear. We want to hold on to it and to keep it. And so I kind of thought about that this week as I was thinking about building on a firm foundation instead of a sandy one, is that as I strive to keep those rocks in my life, studying my scriptures, praying, and sharing my testimony, serving others, those, those things that will keep the living water in my life so that it doesn't drain away in the sand. Anyway, that was kind of the way I thought about it this week. Next week, we are studying 3 Nephi chapters 12 to 16. So have a great week.